up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, joined by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how you doing? Steve, I'm doing well. We just uh, got past the trade deadline here on Tuesday, the 2nd of November. Nothing uh, really major, uh, fantasy-wise at least. I know yesterday we had um, Bradley, not Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb's running mate, Von Miller, traded. But other than that, really wasn't anything super major. No, I don't think so. Um, I think Deshaun Jackson was let go. Yes. I don't know if you consider that fantasy relevant or not, but I kind of, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, maybe Van Jefferson. Yeah, maybe uh, he gets a bump. Um, yeah, more yeah. targets. Or Tutu Atwell, he's available in Dynasty, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, on the other side, I'm like, DJX still has something, um, but I, you know, I guess mm-hmm. we have to see where he lands. Um, bigger news probably being the Henry Ruggs news. Um, so, uh, you know. I'll have to see how that unfolds. I know in our uh, league, I don't know if you saw, he's been dropped already. Um, recording this on a Tuesday. Yeah, I saw I that was during the day today, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, and in our Dynasty League, he was offered to us, and minutes later was traded for a fifth round pick. I don't know if you saw it actually that went through. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that. So there'll be plenty of action there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, again, people interested in buying, people wanting to get out now. Yeah, you play that game in, in Dynasty. Um, as to what you want to do as far as redraft con- is concerned, he was fantasy relevant to a degree. Uh, he kind of had that DJX role, right? It's a big week. Yeah. So then some, you know, kind of meh kind of weeks. So, you know, I-, I guess people are using them for them, but it's not like you lost a weekly starter. I would imagine if so, mm-hmm. you're probably in bad shape, but um, yeah, not the, the end of the world for most redrafters there, but uh, you ready to uh, jump into some start sick questions here? Yeah, one quick note there, just brought up Tutu Atwell. Didn't realize, actually, yesterday he was put on the IR and done for the season with a shoulder injury. So, Oh, yeah, I didn't hear that not either. Not much of a bump there, yeah. I mean, he hasn't been doing too much, but it kind of would have made sense if you know, him being ready would have been why they moved on from Deshaun. But I guess not, and maybe that gives even more of a boost. I don't really know what else they have um, behind Van Jefferson for that you know fourth, fifth option. Yeah, and, and maybe it just, you know, it just rises the guys that are there. Like, you know, Woods doesn't get the targets mm-hmm. he used to. You know, maybe you give more to uh, or to Higby or something like that. Um, a little bit of running yeah. back. You sprinkle around to the guys you know, and, you know, no fourth option really emerges from the wide receiver core. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. You never know. The Rams offense is good yeah. enough to have somebody just kind of pop out too. So, we'll see. This is very true. Um, so, yeah, we will see, but. Alas, we have to get into some uh, start-sit questions here today. Yeah, and for the second week in a row, um, we're going to start it off with, with a kind of a gross one. Um, starting with the quarterback position here, Will. Trevor Simeon versus the Falcons, or new superstar, White, at Indy? Um, don't love either. You probably you know give it to Simeon for the um, matchup against Atlanta, but there's still a chance that you have... Hill coming back from concussion protocol. I think Michael White is a little safer of an option and does play Thursday. So I know we don't love the Thursday games. They don't tend to be the best fantasy options, you know, short week and all. But I think there's something to be said about, you know, he's going to start and you'll know what you get out of him and you'll be able to plan the rest of your lineup accordingly. You know, whether you get a decent quarterback game, a low quarterback game, or even a higher quarterback game. So 
crazy as it is, I think I do Mike White here. I think I'm in agreement, um, which is kind of funny because, you know, we got a, another uh, Jets-related question later, and I'm probably going to take the, the opposite stance. But I think I would go with him here, and it's just it's around what you said with Simeon and, and not sure if it's going to be Taysom or not. And even if it is – like there, there's a scenario where Simeon's a starter and he's the quarterback, but Taysom comes in for a lot of like gadget stuff. And not that that's probably going to be a long-term thing, but maybe a, a way to ease Taysom back into it if they're going to do something like that, uh, which is going to reduce Simeon's uh, touchdown upside. I don't think that happens, but I think there's a world where it does happen. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that combined with the argument, argument you laid out, I think White would be my guy too. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense. Um, on the flip side of that, as you mentioned, our next matchup, Carson Wentz versus the Jets, Derek Carr at New York Giants. This one is difficult. Um, they're both pretty consistent from a, a fantasy perspective. Uh, I think Cartons have a little bit more upside to him. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you do have you know, rugs gone now. How does that change the offense? You know, we look and say, you know, earlier from a fantasy perspective, you know, Ruggs wasn't doing a ton. He had some boom bust games. But from an NFL standpoint, he stretches the field. You know, he, he is in a position to make safety stay deep at times. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe defenses play uh, the Raiders a little bit differently, and that ends up hurting Carr. I think that's possible. But with that said, I think I'd still stick with Carr because, as I said to start, I think he has better upside than Wentz does. Plus, you know, as you said, Thursday night game, I don't tend to like those. I think both are good, but I think they both got similar floors, but Carr's got better upside. So I'll stick with him. Yeah, I'm going to go Carr as well, um, especially you know, given the, the note that Jets have been getting torched on the ground. And maybe this is a game where Mike White can score some points and, uh, you know, and they can stay in the game. But typically the game script for the Jets has been they're getting dominated early and the passing game for the other team doesn't really need to kick into high gear. So I can imagine this being a, a pretty good Jonathan Taylor game. And, and I just think the Giants, you know, they didn't look great on Monday Night Football last night, but look good enough that they're going to be able to compete with teams. And I think that's just going to be more motivation for Derek Carr and, and company coming off the bye. You know, probably have a really good game plan in place. So I would lean Carr here as well, uh, but I think a little more definitively than than yours. And our last quarterback question here. Uh, this one's kind of interesting. Uh, Justin Fields at Pittsburgh or Jimmy Garoppolo versus the Cardinals? Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, you know, obviously, both defenses have been playing well. Pittsburgh traditionally well. Cardinals a little more of uh, this year playing well. Um, Fields really, you know, kind of, Came into his own, had that, you know some big moments in that game, but overall hasn't been great this year. Jimmy G has been probably a little more consistent, so I'd probably go with Garoppolo as more of like a consistency play. Tough matchup, but you know I think divisional game they're gonna you know make some plays. Whereas Fields against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh Monday Night Football, I think this is his first primetime game. I'm a little more concerned there. Um, so maybe like pure upside just with the rushing, you, you, you could get something there. But I think I lean Jimmy G here in a battle between two tough matchups. Yeah, that's my lean as well. I know there's some hype, you know, around 
uh, fields and his good week. But, you know, like you said, he's up against Pittsburgh now. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a really good defense. It's a Monday night. And it's it's odd to say, because if you talk about quarterbacks, you know, Jimmy G is usually someone that does not have much of a floor. Uh, but Justin Fields has a worse floor, as we've seen many times this year. So I think from a floor play, it's Jimmy G. And then from an upside play, I think it's still probably Jimmy G. You know, Fields has a lot of upside week over week because of the rushing ability because you know you're waiting for that breakout to happen but i really you know against a pittsburgh defense i don't see that happening this week where jimmy g traditionally doesn't have a ton of upside you know this week was kind of weird giving it two rushing touchdowns i wouldn't expect that but um this is an important game you know if the 49ers want to you know make some sort of playoff push they need to figure it out and they need to win this game in the division against arizona um so it could be uh could be a high scoring game. We'll have to see, you know, what happens with Kyler. Um, but it could be higher scoring. That could benefit Jimmy. So I will stick with Jimmy both floor and upside. All right. And next up we have PPR going into the running backs here. Uh, Zach Moss at Jacksonville or Daryl Williams versus the Packers. Yeah, so this one's tough because I think um it's, to the best of my knowledge, I think CEH is still up in the air. I think he's eligible to yeah. return, but I don't think we have anything definitive. Is that your understanding mm-hmm. as well? Yeah, I, I don't. I know that he's coming close to the time he's eligible to come back, but I don't know that. Yeah, we have any definitive word or knowledge on that yet. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, I don't follow the IRs enough to know typically when they bring them off. Mm-hmm. Like if they're if he's planning on playing this week, would they have brought him off today, or could they wait till Friday? Like I don't know any of that. He's definitely eligible. His three weeks have happened, mm-hmm. um, so I guess monitor that. If he if Ceh is playing, I'd, I'd probably just go with Moss. If he's not playing, I'll stick with Daryl Williams. He's been pretty good um, while Ceh is out, and this looks to be a uh, a good game with the Packers here. I, I would. Like to think there'd be lots of points scored, but who knows with the Chiefs' offense anymore? But you know, despite the offense struggling, Daryl's been good for fantasy, so I'll stick with him. Yeah, I'm kind of there as well. I, I just, even with the great matchup for Zach Moss, I just I still don't trust either of the running backs there in Jack in um, Buffalo uh, playing in Jacksonville. I could you know see this being another game where they just pass, and, and by the end they're running. But you know, you're not you're. You don't have as much a chance for a touchdown as you'd like with a big offense like that, where I think this is, you know, almost like a worst case scenario where you have the young guy, Derek Gore, coming in and playing well for Kansas City. You know, does they phase out the veteran and Darrell Williams? And once again, he had 13 carries, only 49 yards, but six catches for 61 yards. Another great game in a game where he split the role. So, I mean, Clyde comes back, it probably muddies this a little more. You want just you know guaranteed carries? You probably go with Moss, but I like you know probably the volume and upside of Daryl Williams if Clyde isn't back uh, in this one. PPR will Elijah Mitchell versus the Cardinals or Michael Carter at Indy. Yeah, this one is tough. Both guys playing really well right now. Um, I think I gotta stay in the flames with Carter, especially with a potential injury for Mitchell. It's gonna be limited. They're going to need him, and he's been playing really well. So I don't think you, you know, as long as he's healthy, I think you usually got to play him. But Michael Carter was all over the place. Mike White clearly thrown to the running back all the time. 14 targets, 9 catches. 
for a running back, 95 yards, a touchdown, he had 15 carries for 77 yards. So he looked good on the ground as well. Tougher matchup for running back statistically. Um, we'll get to Indianapolis, but I think you got to stay in the flames with him here once again. You know, there's Thursday night guys, you get an idea of what they are. You know, at one, it's a good matchup. I'm going to play him and see what we get out of that. Um, I think there's just a little more uncertainty with Mitchell. If this is a Sunday game and, and you can get to there and, and know, but with certainty, maybe you know, maybe you can go Mitchell better overall, you know, offense probably. But I think with you know, if this is your only two best options, I got to go Carter here. See, I think, and you got to monitor the injury. You know, injury aside, I think I'm on the other side. Uh, Reza being, and again, you know, you got to watch the injury. If 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 this thing is dragging on with Mitchell, he doesn't practice all week, then my opinion's probably changing. From what I've seen, they're not super concerned about it. So I, I think he's going to be fine. But I do, you know, the White versus Simeon is a little bit easier because I don't trust Simeon. Um, it, it's more of a, a knock against Simeon than it is a bump for White. And that, to me, carries over a little bit into Carter. I am I'm suspect that just the reason the Jets offense was good is because there's no playbook on White. It just kind of caught everyone off guard. And now there is a playbook on him. People have seen him play. You know, it's a short week, so he's not going to be able to prepare as much. And that could spell problems for Carter. On the flip side, it could just mean more dump-offs for him. Uh, that potential exists. But, you know, if you're looking at that game and – you know, most of what White is doing is dumping it off. You would think as a defense, you would kind of zone in on that and be like, no, you're, we're not going to give you that easy stuff. You go make a throw. Um, yeah, it's possible. I mean, the PPR, I think, is really puts it over for me. 14 targets compared to zero targets for Elijah Mitchell last week. And Mitchell has not been utilizing the passing game that much. He's got four catches on four targets on the year. Yeah, that's definitely uh, not how they're utilizing him for sure. I, <laughs> I think I'll stick with him though. I just I don't know. Yeah. I, it's just hard to trust the Jets, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, last uh, running back that half PPR: Joe Mixon versus the Browns or Henderson versus the Titans. I believe that's Sunday Night Football. There. Yeah, uh, this you know both of them have been really good. I think Henderson's probably been a, a bit more consistent. Uh, with maybe a bit more upside to him, that's that's what mm-hmm. it feels like. I'm not looking at their points, you know, offhand, but that's kind of what it feels like. Um, and I think he's got a, a better matchup against the Titans than Mixon does against the Browns. So I'll stick with Henderson here personally. Yeah, it looks like Henderson outside of Week Seven has been top twenty in half point scoring every week, and really, you know, top fifteen all but uh, but Week Four and Week Seven. So. I think the consistency is is just too too much for them. And with Derrick Henry out, I anticipate this being a, a much better game script for the Rams. Um, and, and you have a much better chance of Henderson working the second half with a lot of running. Mixon's not a bad play, especially with the Browns. You know, still somewhat banged up. They're getting guys back, but I think there's you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that the Browns go up early and, and Mixon still is utilized, but not as much, you know, with needing to go downfield. So both great plays, but I will go with Henderson as well. Perfect. Uh, we'll just say a little bit of information that I just saw. Maybe you saw before, but uh, Washington is expecting Logan Thomas to return to practice next week. Um, they, and, cause they're on the bye this week, right? So yeah. And they, to- uh, they cut Jay Sternberger. To, to start making room for him. So 
Um, looks like that return's happening. I know people are, are streaming Ricky Seals Jones for a couple of weeks, but a uh, little bit of an impact there. Yeah, probably not going to be able to do that if Logan Thomas is healthy and active. Probably not. Um, <clears throat> but alas, moving on. Uh, we're moving into the wide receivers. This is a PPR. We're picking one to sit here, Will. Uh, Marvin Jones versus the Bills. Uh, Kadarius Tony versus the Raiders or Jerry Judy at Dallas. Yeah, it's a tough one. I think they're all kind of in the same general vicinity. Um, Judy last week for catches on four targets, you know, slowly working back in, but has a good game script matchup with Dallas. With Dallas, as long as they have uh, Dak Prescott back, likely you know needing to score points against that team. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I think there's some intrigue with the injury. Um, did he come back at the end of that game? I know he went out and came back, and I thought he went out again. Uh, yeah, I don't think he came back at the end of the game. Or no, he did. He did, I think. I don't think it was a ton, but I believe he did finish the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and four catches on five targets and limited action, obviously, only 26 yards. Uh, but. He is all you know a good option. I think it's just you're just gambling with him. He seems like he's always kind of banged up, and, and maybe it's just a lingering injury that he's had that's got him in and out of the lineup. I probably lean sitting Tony here. I want to play Judy, you know, because he looked good in what we saw, and I think they're just going to work him more and more back in. And Marvin Jones, you know, just been fairly consistent. You know, somewhat of a bad week this week, five for thirty-five on seven targets, but the targets were still there. This is one that I imagine the game script is going to be in their favor. You know, anything can happen, but Buffalo uh, should be able to go up early and often. And you imagine the targets are going to be there. It's just, can they execute on them? So I'm going to take Marvin and Judy. Yeah, I I am coming to the same conclusion. Um, Judy's the easiest one to lock in. You know, I want that matchup against Dallas. Um, where he could see a lot of usage, uh, just in a potential shootout game with Dallas scoring a lot. Um, and I, I don't trust either Marvin Jones or Tony. I know I kind of beat up on Marvin last week. Um, it's so you're right in that Marvin got a lot of targets and the game script should definitely be in his favor this week. On the flip side, the bills, I believe have the number one pass defense from a fantasy perspective in the league. Um, Mm. so you know, maybe those targets don't really help him. Maybe all that cancels out and he just has a fine week. You know, maybe he just, you know, he catches a touchdown and he's fine. I, I don't know. Um, I don't trust him. But with that said, I trust Tony even less um, for everything you laid out. Um, so mm-hmm. kind of rehash everything. But I will sit Tony, start Marvin and Judy. All right. Next up, half PPR sticking on the Tony train. Uh, there's Tony or Julio Jones at the Rams this man I I think I gotta go with Tony it just I can spell a story for Julio where you know the offense is different you know there's no Henry anymore you know AJB could be getting shadowed by Ramsey you know that opens up Julio but Julio's not had a big game all year you know we're in week nine and just to suddenly be calling your shot just seems like a, a ridiculous thing to do. So I see the path for Julio. I just cannot place my bet on him. So I'll go with Tony here. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like you said, there's a path, you know, I'm in the mindset that it'd be nice if the 
Tennessee Titans kind of change up their game plan a bit and look to pass the ball more. As long as you got a healthy, healthy, healthy Julio in there, uh, he and AJ Brown, you know, would make a great pairing for that passing game. But he, and, and and they're still, you know, if he plays, likely you're going to have, you know, the shadow of Jalen Ramsey on AJ Brown. So does that you open up more for Julio? There's a there's a narrative be written for that, but yeah, coming back off the injury, he's been a guy that you know has come back too early at times. I yeah, I just can't play Julio here when, you know, a similar injury risk to Kadarius Tony, right? He's been in and out of the matchups, but he's actually played. He's, you know, come back. Um, and, and, you know, in this matchup here, I'm just not ready to play Julio yet. So I'm going to Kadarius as well. Yeah, fair enough. And our last wide receiver, half-point PPR, Hunter Renfro at the Giants or Devontae Parker versus the Texans. And I do like uh, Parker as a nice waiver claim this week. Uh, as we said, I think this episode, you have you know, Waddle, who has played well, a little banged up, but you know definitely going to be out there. Um, outside of that, I mean, they don't really have that second receiver. You've got uh, what, Albert Wilson's there, and then I'm blanking on um, you got Waddle Notre Dame receiver. Um, uh, the the guy I don't think he's played it yet. Maybe he hasn't. Um, from the Texans, Notre Dame receiver, Will Fuller. Oh he, yeah, uh, Fuller, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got him there, but he hasn't really been able to stay healthy and get on the field. So, I like Parker a lot. Obviously, Renfro is is kind of that you know Cole Beasley ask guy that you just kind of throw in there and hope for some receptions, but you're not banking on a bunch of touchdowns. I, I think at this point would take the shot on Parker. Uh, and, and you know, unless you just need a, a solid, solid floor, but are okay with uh, you know limited ceiling, I kind of want to take the shot on Parker here against the Texans. Yeah, even if your goal was floor against the Texans, I, f- I find it hard to believe Parker's floor isn't pretty high. Um, you know, Renfro has been really consistent. You know, like you said, you know his floor is pretty consistent. Like that, that's hard to pass up. But in this matchup, I can't give up the Parker upside. And I think his floor is probably pretty similar. So I will stick with Parker here. All right. Our last match or last sets up here. We got the flex uh, PPR Elijah Mitchell versus the Cardinals, Emmanuel Sanders at Jacksonville and LaVisca Chenault versus the Bills. Yeah, this one's Mitchell pretty easily for me, barring the injury. He's, he's the one that, you know, gets relied on the most out of the three, and he's the one I trust more out of the three. Um, you know, as we've seen from Sanders all year, he's capable of be- having a big game. But you know, like Carolina last year, you know, as we, we kind of bring it up every few weeks, yeah, you know, all the options in Buffalo are not going to have big weeks every week. Like it, it just yep. kind of cycles. Yeah, we saw the dud last week just from exactly. So you know, he's kind of taken on a boom bust kind of role, which is fine. Um, but Mitchell's more consistent, and you know. Everything that we said about Marvin Jones applies to Chenault. Um, but I, I just, you know, if I'm going to trust, you know, the, the 49ers offense in a potentially high scoring game or the Jacksonville offense against one of the best defenses in the league, I'm going to go San Fran. So I will stick with Mitchell here. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on Mitchell as well. I mean, I like Emmanuel as an upside option, but I think the floor is there for just overall rushing volume. You're not going to get the targets, you don't get the extra points for passes. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carter had that crazy target volume, and I think that's why I had to take him over Mitchell. 
this flex option, I think you got to go Mitchell, you know, barring an injury, barring him being out. I like Sanders probably second here, but it's got to be Mitchell in this matchup here. Okay, so we're going to move over to some uh, trade questions here, Will, starting with a couple dynasty ones. Half point PPR, super flex. Kareem Hunt and Eli Mitchell, or a 23 second and Chase Claypool. That's a tough one. I think this probably is, you know, do you need a running back here or are you looking to cash out on, on running back? Because you have, you know, Kareem Hunt, who ideally comes back this year, but should have some value for the next few years. And Elijah Mitchell, a young running back, looks like they have a, a spot the rest of this year. Um, there is still just that uncertainty of, my, of Kyle Shanahan's offenses uh, going forward with running backs. Trey Sermon looking over his shoulder for the rest of their rookie contracts. Um, and the most are still there. So I think, you know, I'd say this year, I kind of like the Hunt-Mitchell side because you're getting running backs you know, as long as Hunt comes back. More longer term, I do like the 23 draft class, so that second round pick is, is really appealing. And then Chase Claypool, you know, he's been good, but especially when Juju, you know, Juju's out the rest of this year. And I imagine he's gone next year. We'll see. Did they get a new quarterback? So Claypool looks to be clearing away the number two there. And probably lean Hunt and Mitchell from a contender. And then anything in the middle or lower, I'll take uh, picking Claypool, I think. Yeah, I am agreeing with you. I'm probably more strongly on the Hunt-Mitchell side, even if I'm a rebuild, just because they're running backs and you know, their values up. You're also selling Hunt when he's hurt, and that's probably at a low point. Um, you know, I, I do have some concerns on both sides. You, you know, like you said, Mitchell's the guy now. Um, is he the guy next year? Is he the guy two years from now? You know, San Francisco cycles through running backs like crazy. So, you know, you really don't know. Um, and then you mentioned Claypool. You know, is Juju back next year? Probably not. You know, Devontae Johnson's going to be there, though. You have a, a you know a tight end in Fryermuth that that that's looking good and could be developing here, and you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be. Um, you're also not sure where that second's going to land. If that if that second ends up being a late mm-hmm. second, you know that changes the equation a little bit. So I will stick with the running backs here, um, in I think all situations, but it's pretty close when you're a rebuild. All right, next up we have a dynasty twelve team superflex: Amari Cooper, James Robinson, and Boston Scott. Or Derrick Henry and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, this is a uh, this is an interesting one. Um, I would imagine it's a rebuilding team that's adding Henry and Ridley. That seems like a silly thing to do if you're a contender. Um, all in all, I think it's fair. I would lean on having Henry and Ridley. I said that hesitantly. I mean, Henry is getting a little bit older and. You know, an injury is not great for a running back. So, you know, he could start falling off. We just don't know what's happening with Ridley. Like, you know, if he ended up retiring and stepping away, I don't think that would really surprise everyone. Um, you know, with that said, maybe he's back in three weeks and he's fine. You know, just don't know. Um, but at the same time, you know, Boston Scott has value for a couple weeks and then none again. Uh, and James Robinson's look good this year so far but you know don't forget they drafted etn and he'll be back next year and what's james robinson's role going to be next year we don't know mm-hmm. um you know i have no complaints about mari cooper um so you know there's question marks on both sides i will take the question marks with the guys with the, the higher upside and in, in henry and ridley 
It's interesting because I think the Cooper, Robinson, Scott side, you know, if you're a contender and you're, or you're just trying to, you know, push all in, makes sense. Take that side. If you're like a true rebuild, though, I don't know that you want the Henry Ridley side because there is a lot of uncertainty there, right? You have Henry's foot, which, you know, hopefully gets healed up and he can come back next year, but running back, foot injury, you know, he's probably getting close to the age where that's pretty worrisome. And like you said, Ridley, you know, could bounce back, come back in a few weeks. Ridley could step away from the game for a while. So I think the only way I take like that side is if I'm like rebuilding unexpectedly and, and just have like a bunch of injured guys and I'm uh, expecting to like bounce back and compete next year, not like a full rebuild. Like maybe you have had, you know, Dobbins and Cam Akers and you, you took, you know, a hit early on and, you're banking on them guys coming back next year, but this year you're a little uncertain about it. Um, so I think I think I lean the Cooper side, unless like it's a situation where you're trying to rebuild, um, you know, if rebuild and in, in just this year and bounce right back. Because I think you know if you're rebuilding, I think you can. You know, you don't. It's not perfect to grab Cooper and Robinson, but. Are, are they more marketable than than Henry and Ridley to to some teams? I don't know. It's tough. So I think in in a vacuum, I almost lean the Cooper Robinson side here. I think you got to be in a pretty specific scenario unless your team league is very active and you think you could flip Henry and Ridley pretty quickly if, if needed. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, our next one redraft. Uh, we got a straight up here. Will PPR Jerry Judy or Michael Pittman? Yeah, this one. Um, I think it's fairly easy. Pittman has just looked so good, and he's finally getting the volume. I like Judy coming up the injury. You know, there's other weapons there. I think he's going to be good this year. You know, you're going to be able to flex him, but I think Pittman is at this point as close to a weekly start as you can get, and he just kind of has had that look of an alpha receiver. So I think fairly easy Pittman for me. Yeah, if this was Dynasty, it would be probably a different answer. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm with you. Like Pittman just doesn't have that many options to compete with where Jerry Judy's got plenty of good options. Like, I think Jerry Judy's probably, I think he's a better player. Um, but he's just dealing with, you know, Sutton and fan and, and two running backs. And, you know, there's just a lot going on there. Pittman just doesn't have that same competition and he's been pretty consistent all year long. Um, I, I do think there's just this general uneasiness about Indy. Uh, because you know, you look at Wentz make his stupid mistake every week. Um, and you know, they're just not performing at the, uh, at the level they thought they would get, um, and everyone thought they would get. So that probably, I think that makes people uneasy about Pittman. Um, but then mm. you, you look at the, the box scores here and he's good week in and week out. So he's really hard to pass up on. I'll go with Pittman too. All right. And next up here, redraft PPR with four keepers. It's an interesting one. Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Hopkins, Daryl Henderson, and a 22 sixth round pick. Or Cooper Cup, DeAndre Swift, and a 22 first round pick. Yeah, you don't get, or we don't get a ton of keeper questions. Um, mm. I think to start, if you're a contender, I think it's the Gibson side for me, just because you're getting three usable assets. Even if, you know, Gibson's a little banged up, you know, you're getting three usable assets there to help you with that. Now, if you're not really contending and you're looking more towards next year and, and you got other keepers, it, it gets tougher because I'm not sure what Henderson's value is going to be next year. 
you know, he could be a guy that he's earned the role. It's his role and he's good. Uh, he could end up in a 50 50 timeshare with Akers when he gets back, assuming he comes back to, to full health and he's Cam Akers. Um, he could completely lose the job to Cam Akers because clearly like they liked Akers to begin with over Henderson. Um, so I, I don't know what to do about him. And that gives me some worry moving forward. While, meanwhile, you know, Cup, he's still going to have Stafford. You know, he'll be great. Uh, DeAndre Swift. I'm assuming it's going to be better next year. I would, you know, not that he's been bad this year, but I think the Lions as a whole almost have to be better to some degree next year. Um, and then the first is nice to have. So it does depend, you know, when it comes to keepers, it's nice to see the entire team so you can kind of make a, a, a decision because we don't know who the other keepers yeah. could potentially be. But I think in a, a as a contender, I would take Gibson as a rebuild or not rebuild, but, you know, looking ahead to next year, I would take the cup side. What about you? Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, I think you know kind of the way i look at it you know i think cup over hopkins it's close but cup has been playing lights out he's you know been you can't you just can't pass on him swift and henderson is close but i think you could argue swift and obviously the first round pick is is better than the sixth round pick so i think is that all worth Antonio gibson Uh, i guess is what it comes down to you know can you take that pick and turn it around and get another player I think I lean the Cup Swift side, especially with the uncertainty of Henderson going forward, and maybe you can say uncertainty of Gibson going forward next year. He, you know, he just hasn't stayed healthy. Yeah, I was I was trying to discern the dog barks to see if there are any barks that were leaning on one side or another. Um, but I, I think the dog thinks it's pretty even too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I believe so. Minnie and Mila are <laughs> haven't had it. I think it's an interesting question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, last question here, Will. Uh, again, we're in the world of redraft PPR. This is a big one. Alvin Kamara, Stefan Diggs, or Nick Chubb and Tyreek Hill? Yeah, at first glance, I think it's pretty close. As I kind of think through it, though, I think it's the Kamara Diggs side, especially in PPR. Chubb, you know, Chubb's obviously in a better offense than Kamara, but I think the volume's just too high, especially with the, the targets and the PPR of Kamara. That I think you have to go him over Chubb. And I think that gap, especially with Hunt coming back at some point, and then clearly some weeks, you know, it might be more important to have Diggs. Tyreek obviously will be bounced back toward Travis Kelsey a little bit. Whereas I think, you know, there's not many games where Diggs isn't the guy and isn't scoring. I think it's after looking at it for a minute, fairly easy. Yeah, I think so too. And part of it, yeah. Part of it comes down to Nick Chubb, you know, as you know, I've had Chubb on, you know, in our work league all year and he's been good, but he's had some disappointing games. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this past week he was 16 for 61, um, you know, in a half point at our half point scoring, he got seven points. Um, week four, he only got 11 points. Uh, week three, he got eight. Uh, and that's just not great. I mean, he's had some good weeks in there. He had, you know, a couple 20 point games in there, but you know, mm. it's 50 50, whether you're getting, you know, a, a really, really good running back one kind of a week, or you're getting an average kind of week. And you don't like that out of a guy like Nick Chubb where Kamara's not giving you like Kamara's had some iffy games but not as many. Um, and he's had more kind of boom games to him. So yeah, I, I'll take the Kamara side pretty easily as well that, you know, the digs and Tyreek part, um, I, I closer to a wash you know they're both really the the focal point you know Diggs doesn't have a you know travis kelsey to deal with but 
Tyreek just seems like the better guy. I don't know. And I think part of it comes out to the, the start that Diggs had where people are a little bit disappointed and that's still weighing on people. But he's been good. Um, you know, just as consistent as Tyreek. He he probably doesn't have the monster upside that we've seen from Tyreek with his, you know, two hundred yard, three touchdown kind of games. Uh but he's still good. So yeah, I will stick with uh Kamara and Diggs as well. All right. That about wraps us up here for today. Um, good luck, everyone. And uh, hopefully you're listening to this. Your waivers are already run and, and your waivers and, and uh, your week nine matchups. Yeah, absolutely. Tune in next week for another waiver and start set show. Until then, trust your board.